our spirit? What is it? Where does it go? Are we able to see them using our mind's eye? If so, just what can spirit teach us? Welcome to School Through Spirit. Host Diet Renee is a certified psychic medium and master teacher of psychic and mediumship development through LWISSD. Diet was born knowing spirit and now is here to help you better understand the spirit world. And now your host, Diet Renee. Good Monday morning, everybody. This is Diet Renee here on School Through Spirit with WLTKDB.com. This is a show where I do explore different people's lives, their modalities, and how spirit really has affected them. Now, each week, I do have a special guest, which today is Mr. Joe Frank. Oh, my God. You're going to love Mr. Joe Frankie. Oh, my God. You're going to love him, love him, love him. And, um, yeah, let's let's talk. Um, <laughs> so, this week, the topic. Let's talk about the topic, which is just mess up my life at the last minute. I'll tell you what. Sorry I'm late, guys. Literally, what happened is I have been gone all weekend, and my computer decided it needed to do an update and being a Mac, although I love it. If I didn't hit the okay, my computer wasn't going to work today. So I hit the okay thinking, oh, I got 15 minutes. Yeah, it's still trying to update, guys. So I am currently on my phone because literally couldn't get the I, I couldn't get the, the Mac to work. I couldn't get my, my laptop. Nothing would work. Not even my phone. It was like crazy. So finally got in. So again, I apologize. Right now, I can't see anybody's comments. As soon as my computer is done updating, I'm going to switch back over to that. And then I will say hi to everybody that has showed up and, and coming in to just reach out. And I want to say again, I apologize for being late, but thank you always for coming in. So today, I want to talk about the obvious. Halloween. Halloween. But I really don't want to talk about it in the way that everybody else does. You know what I mean? Halloween is freaking amazing. Let's do a little bit of a back update on this because, you know, we're all about trick-or-treating these days and we've heard a lot about the veil being thin and, and all those other wonderful things that we discuss about Halloween. But let's really take this, let's take this back to the very beginning, the beginning of what Halloween was, and it really wasn't even Halloween. It was just a Celtic um, day, Celtic New Year's. This is Celtic New Year's Eve, okay? Back in ancient times, 2,000 years ago, today was Celtic, you know, a Celtic New Year's Eve. Uh, meaning this is the last day of harvest. This is the last day of bringing those crops in, all that wonderful stuff. And then tomorrow would have been the new year. And for me today really marks, you know what, in my life, I get two, I get two new beginnings. I get two because I like to look at Halloween as that. Now, one of the things that did evolve with this new year to get to kind of like a, to fast track us to where we're at these days um, one of the things that did evolve from Halloween was, yes, it was a new year. Yes, it was all this wonderful stuff. Um, but some people believe that this was the day that people that were prophets could easily see the future. And then it evolved into, you know, um, the, the veil or uh, the lines between the dead and the living being blurred. Um, and when that belief started to happen, that is when the Celtics really started to turn into, they would, they would literally, the hearse in their house, they would put out. So, you know, the fire would not be in their house. And they would light bonfires around um, the village. And they would have celebrations, 
or they would have moments where sometimes they would even put on costumes, but there were scarier costumes. And these were to ward off the ghosts from the fields, from the crops. And that's where it really started. Now it did evolve into what we have today, which is trick or treating. And yeah, it did go through all the different religions and until it finally got to what we have today. But literally when we take back to what Halloween really was at the court, it's a new beginning, isn't it? It's not even about All Hallows Eve because that's really only taking it back to pagan. It's not keeping going back to Druidism. And I did a lot of research on this. I was like, oh my God, this is incredible. So when you look at that harvest, when you look at the harvest, that this is that harvest time, which is fall for us. Now, I don't know about the rest of you, but this, this time of, um, this time of the year used to be a really hard time for me, used to be an incredibly difficult time for me. The reason being is because fall to me used to be death. I would look around at the trees and I would see all the luscious green just, you know, change into all the other colors. And yeah, the colors are gorgeous, but I knew that marked that really it was just a lack of nutrients to these things, a lack of fluids and nutrients to the leaves causing this, you know, chemical change. And that soon all the leaves were going to fall off and the trees would be barren and all this stuff would be happening. And I struggled with it. I struggled with, I hated fall. It was like, honestly, the worst time of the year for me was fall just because for me, it was about loss. It was about loss. I, and I never understood why or what that meant. I would just, I would sit in a chair and I would look and I would cry and it, it was bad. It was bad. And it took me a long time to realize, and it took me until I talked to a friend by the name of Greg. And I can remember sitting up in Hayward, Wisconsin, on the phone with him in the backyard crying because this beautiful lush green forest was dying. <clears throat> and he said, why do you look at it that way? And I'm like, because the trees, you know, they just, they just look so barren. And he went, but it really is about a sign of rebirth. And I was like, okay, you, you got me stumped. You've got me. I don't know how you see this as rebirth. And he really brought in that cycle of life. It's the cycle of life of that, you know, everything has to die in order to be reborn. Everything has to die in order to be reborn. And I went, yeah, well, I don't like losing people either, you know, and he, he kind of laughed and he giggled at me because he, he is a medium. And at that point, I really wasn't practicing and I really didn't have the knowledge I have today or the experience. And what I realized through our conversation was that fall really was about the harvest of everything we've put into our lives over a year. All of that work, all that time, all that effort. It was a harvest. It was about reaping the war rewards, you know, because if you, you know, if you start a garden in the spring, you know, and, and let's talk about this from a, a standpoint of a gardening, not about our lives, but of gardening. Now in the spring, we, we, we plant our gardens, we plant them. Okay, we, we get our seeds and we, we put everything where we're going to put it. And we spend all summer, you know, spring and summer, we, we water it and we weed it and we tend to it and we put all this effort in. And then when fall comes, all those fruits and those vegetables have grown. 
it's time to collect those and bring them into our families. It's time to feed our family. It's time to feed our soul. Okay. It is when, excuse me, we have that time to see all that we've done and see the harvest, that bounty of it, of what we've done. And all those luscious fruits and vegetables are everywhere. And then when we're done with that, when we're done with that, we've pulled everything out. It really is sad because you see a lot of dead vibes. You see a lot of things that you have to weed out. You have to weed out everything you've put in. Now you're essentially taking it all out of the earth. But then you do something different. You actually start to prepare your garden for the next year. And this is something I wasn't noticing. This is something I wasn't realizing. Now, we don't prepare our gardens in the spring, do we? We actually prepare them in the winter, in the fall. Because after you pull out all the weeds and you pull out all the debris and all the, the roots and all that stuff, and you put that to the side and you can put that in a compost, that is when you put, you know, your fertilizer into the ground. Whether you use a compost or a horse manure or, or cow manure or you go and you do more artificial, whatever you do, this is the time that you prepare that. Okay? This is the time where you start to prepare it. Another beautiful thing that we do is we take those leaves that fell from the trees, those things that make me so sad. We take those leaves and we put them deep. You know, like three foot, two to three foot deep on top of the garden. Because those leaves, those leaves are going to compost themselves down. And all the nutrients of them are going to go right into the ground. Now, if you're my house and you have a wood burning stove or a fireplace, all of those ashes from the winter time, we also spread on top of that garden throughout the winter. Granted, it's on the snow, but we still spread it all out because that brings the soil back to a, a baseline. So we spent all winter continuing the soil, continuing the nurturing, continuing. Now we start to plan. This is that time where we plan for what is going to be in the spring again, what we want to work on, what we want to really prepare. And that's about first of the year, January 1st, where I start thinking about that. Now, if you think about this, that is when more preparation happens. And as you continue that all the way up until March, now March, you finally figured out what you want to plant and how you're going to map it out and how you're going to change it up from last year's and what more knowledge you've got to put into this. And we start all over again. Now, everybody wants to say, well, we start planting our garden in the spring, but really you don't, do we? That starting actually happens immediately after the harvest. And that's what a Halloween is to me. That's, that's what today is to me about. Now, trust me, being a medium, I do not take the part of the souls and the veil and the, the spirits and the ghosts and throw them away. I don't do that. I bring all that in because I'll tell you what, it's also such a beautiful time because how the, the, how, how the, this, this day has evolved and it's brought so much belief for so many people in. It's amazing. So I would be a fool to, to, to not state all the rest is there. Because I do truly believe with the more people that believe, the more thin that veil is anyway, even throughout the year. 
okay not just today or this last week i truly believe that this time of the year is actually a big time for belief to start to happen and as long as i educate that belief keeps to go through the year long time and it's amazing to see people awaken people to realize and it's amazing but for me i like to take halloween back to the originals which is the beginning a rebirth uh Today is about literally taking in the harvest of my year. This is really that time where I go, wow, how far have I come since January 1st? How far have I come? How has the preparation, the contemplation of what I want to do with my existence, what I want to do with this time, how has that evolved in the last 10 months. And today's the day that I'm going to think about that. Today's the day I'm going to go, wow, the, the connections I made, the friendships I made, the depths of learning and growing I've done for myself, and how that is all just accumulated, and how I've pushed myself past boundaries, and how I've pushed myself out of my comfort zone. And today's the day that I go, I pat myself on the back and I say, girl, you did good. But I know tomorrow, is when I start another new beginning. And this is a new beginning where I start to go, okay, all these amazing things are happening, but what can I do to prepare myself for next year? I've got two months to start my preparation. I've got two months to go, oh, this sounds interesting. This looks great. I'm gonna do some research on this. Do I wanna put my time and effort into this? And I'm gonna give myself two months to do that. Two beautiful months. So that on January 1st, my second new beginning of the year, and yes, I give myself two because you know what? Every girl wants more than one of anything that's good. And on January 1st, I'm going to start to put some hardcore contemplation on how I'm going to make that come together. How am I going to plant that? How am I going to do all that? And it's really amazing because as I say that, my big computer now, my iMac, is done updating. So even that has said, hey, we needed a time to harvest. With that being said, sorry today's talk is short, guys. But I'm going to take a quick break here. Um, I'm going to get back on the big computer and I'll see you in a few when I bring in Joe. This is Jet Renee of School Through Spirit with WLTKDB.com. See you in a few. Ellie Weisensell, psychic medium, is a medical intuitive that specializes as a body code practitioner. As an energy healer, Ellie offers additional services that allow her modalities to be intertwined with energetic healing. Within your subconscious lies information that knows everything about you and why you deal with specific conditions. The subconscious can be considered the blueprint to your entire body. With Ellie working physically with your subconscious mind, we detect what negative emotions are trapped and where they are stored within the body that is causing you your emotional and physical pain. 
This work is designed to remove imbalances and correct them energetically, getting to the root cause of why you have your condition, to help balance your body so it may heal itself. Your body is infinitely wise and wants to be in balance. The body code is not only gentle for humans, but it is also a gentle process to help animals. For more information, contact Ellie Weisencell at the website below. If you're a fan of the paranormal world, then you'll love WLTK-DB Talk Radio. Talk shows bringing you the latest on everything paranormal, cryptozoological, metaphysical, true crime, psychic readings, and more. The truth is here and now on WLTK-DB Talk Radio at WLTKDB.com. Certified psychic medium Stephanie Lynn creates an authentic connection between the living and the spirit world. Stephanie knows she is here to help heal, educate, and provide validation that there is more after death and allows herself to be a conduit and work as a team with spirit to pass on messages from their world to ours. Stephanie Lynn also works as a spiritual life coach to help you achieve, create, and manifest your best self and life. Looking for help communicating with an animal? Searching for a past life regression therapist? Or dealing with a paranormal experience? Stephanie Lynn is here to help. For a list of full services, visit her on Facebook under Stephanie Lynn Spirit Sensitive. That's Stephanie Lynn Spirit Sensitive. Welcome back here to School Through Spirit with Dan Renee here on WLTKDB. Apparently, I'm good on my ads for the next year because even though I was switching over and it was done, it wouldn't let me in. It was still crazy. Now, I do want to bring in Joe Frankie. I appreciate him so much. Hello, Joe. How are you? I can't hear you. You have to unmute, darling. Sorry about there that. There you are. Thanks for thanks for having me. I I'm a big you. dumb animal. 
<laughs> no, you are not. I'll tell you what. I have had the roughest morning. Like rough. Sorry. It's okay. It's you know what? It's it's all good. It's all what it's going to be. But I couldn't even get into my own show on any oh, device. Boy. It is it was, Halloween. It is. It is. You know. I'll it exercise is. the demons for you. Hey, well, thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Well, Joe, oh my God, I want to first say thank you so much for coming in. You know, I didn't introduce you as everybody. Joe is um, literally the CEO of the Warren Legacy Foundation. And I can honestly say one of my bosses, one of my bosses. <laughs> oh, well, I'm not the CEO. That's Chris. I'm the oh, chairman not? of the board and CIO. CIO. <laughs> That's okay. I, I hate acronyms myself. That's okay. I have my own Dawson doll. You have an Annabelle doll. I have a Dawson doll. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, that's Annabelle. That's that's the good sister. The other one's in jail. Oh, I love that. I love that. <laughs> so, can twin. you tell everybody a little bit about you? Oh boy. Uh, yeah, I am. Um, I'm Joe Frankie. I I, I started um, in the paranormal field in 1986 when I was 18 years old. So now everybody knows how old I am. <laughs> uh. I, I had met uh, uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren at one of their lectures, and um, I remember when I approached the table, it was the first time I've ever met them, and Lorraine looked at me, and she was kind of looking at, looking at me and cocking her head to the side, and she says, honey, have we met before? She said, there's something familiar about you. I, I, you know, have, have we met before? And I said, no, Lorraine, I've, I've heard a lot about you guys and seen you on television and, and read about you in print media and radio. Um, but she's looking at me and what she was doing, and I know you'll understand this, is she was reading my aura. Okay. You know, she was reading, you know, my aura. And she was, she said, there's a reason why you're here tonight. She said, make sure you come and talk to Ed and I after the show. So I was all excited. You know, here I am, 18-year-old. I'm a teenager still, and I'm I'm sitting there through the show, and I can't keep a thought in my head. I'm like, what does she want to talk to me about, you know? Right. So anyway, fast forward a little bit. The show ends, and uh, Ed's like, come on, kids, let's go. <laughs> Called me kids. You know, I was a kid then. Now I'm an old guy. <laughs> we went across the street to the diner, and um, uh, Lorraine was sitting across from me, and she was holding my hand, and she was telling me what she was doing. Sorry, I'm moving my thing here uh and she she said honey you know i can tell from your aura you were meant to do this work oh wow she said would you like to come and work with ed and i and i'm like uh yeah <laughs> you know and from there um you know as they say the rest is history i mean uh they they used to have classes they had a select number of people um their students and they used to have classes in a little back room of a restaurant uh, near the town where they lived. And Ed would bring in his, his case notes and his tape recorder and his recordings and video recordings of some of the biggest cases they worked on. At that point, I remember the first one was Amityville. Right. And he would play, you know, some of the tapes from Amityville. He would play tapes from the Enfield Poltergeist, which is the, uh, the movie The Conjuring 2 is based on, the case, I should say. Yeah. Um, and from the Rhode Island farmhouse to Conjuring One, and then of course uh, the Brookfield, Connecticut case um, in uh, uh, Brookfield, Connecticut, the third Conjuring movie. Okay. And we would discuss them, and he would, you know, would say, "This is what happened. This is what this is what we did to combat it." You know, we had to bring in a priest or archbishop that would come in and bring in an exorcist. 
And, and I'm like, my head was just like, uh, you know, yeah, that's a like, whole lot. You're like, oh, boy. So it, it was just, it was just an amazing experience. It really, uh, you know, changed my life. You know, I, I it took me in a, in a whole different direction than I thought I was going to go, but uh, you know, who knows when you're, you know, a teenager where your life's going to end up. That's true. And, you know, people ask me all the time, like, you know, what were, what was it like working with them or what were they like? I'm like, they were just people. They're very kind people. They're like grandparents to me. Uh, that's when I met Chris, you know, who's my good friend and been my good friend for almost 40 years. Right. And, um, you know, so when they passed, it was, it was sad. Ed passed in 2006. Lorraine passed three years ago and we want to carry on their work. I mean, I've been doing the work this whole time. I also have my own group. It's not a group, it's just my buddy and I, uh, the, the Connecticut Paranormal Research Society here in Connecticut. Yeah, uh, we, we formed that in 93, okay. you know, but I would always consult with Ed and Lorraine on cases, whether it be in person or, you know, over the phone. Uh, we, you know, if we got a tough case, I'd, I'd call them. They were my mentors, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's kind of how I got started. I've been doing it quite a while. Oh, so you know, quite a while. You're like quite a while, just quite a while. Like <laughs> just, just a is, few years. This is like normal to you, you know. Which just oh yeah. Time you and I talk, I'm just like I talk to you, and I'm like, this is not normal, Joe. This is not normal. No, well, I, I the way I describe myself, uh, you know, when I lecture, I said, look, I'm just you know, an, a normal guy with an abnormal hobby. So to speak. I mean, this to me, in all seriousness, is a vocation. It's not an occupation. Right. You know, I've always said that uh, it was a calling. Uh, mm -hmm. Lorraine kind of confirmed that for me. And, you know, I, I've been fascinated by the work. I, I don't profess to know everything because I certainly don't. Right. Uh, I don't feel that there is anyone that knows everything. You know, um, not comfortable being called a paranormal expert. You know, I'm like, well, I'm still learning, you know. Right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always learning. I'm always looking for answers. And, I'm, and, I, and as you probably well know this, uh, the, the answers won't come in my time. They'll come in God's time. Yeah. You know, they'll come, maybe I'll get the answers someday when I'm passed over, you know, but you know, it, it's just a mystery, but based on 30, almost just about 37 years of knowledge and experience, uh, you know, uh, we have some pretty good theories on things. You know, I, I, and thank I, you so much for your help. You've been a godsend to me <laughs> and the team, you know, in helping out with some of these cases because I've got a lot of them. It's it's been an honor. I will tell you what, it's been an honor. It really has. I you know, and I love how you stated that. Um, because it's you know how you never know where your life is gonna direct you. You just never know. Yeah. I never mm -hmm. knew back in May when Heather sent me a message saying, Can I come on your show? Mm. That a few months later I would be part of the foundation. You know, I well happy to have you. Yeah, I would have never thought that. Not in a million years. You no, know, it, it it brings to it brings to memory something I learned in high school. Uh, I took Greek mythology. I don't know if you know much about Greek mythology. Oh, a lot. A lot. Well, and I might have told you this before, so forgive me. But for your audience, you know, uh, I believe in fate. I believe in 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 the fates. In, yeah. You know, in in Greek mythology, the statement that. You know, the quote says, that which is fated must come to pass, but yeah. against my fate, no man can kill me. Right. So if I'm fated to, to do this work, I'm going to do it. No matter what I do to try and change it, it's always going to bring me back because this is my path. Exactly. You know, I'm, 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 I'm a firm believer in this. I believe that you and I were fated to meet. 
you know, oh, yeah. and, uh, and, and do some good work together, Yeah, you know, um, you know, and, and I talk about this when I lecture, I, and on the opposite side of that, I, I talk about divination and how you shouldn't be getting involved with divination. It's, uh, it, I mean, it's a, it's a slippery slope it's a, when you don't know what you're doing. If you know what you're doing, it's one thing. When you don't know what you're doing and you're looking at Ouija boards and tarot cards and and you're looking for information about the future through supernatural means, those are doorways, you mm -hmm. know, that can possibly let in um, negative entities. Yeah. And it's tricky. You know, people are like, oh, Joe, I went to a cemetery with a Ouija board with some friends last night. And now some, I'm like, what the heck were you doing at a cemetery with a Ouija board? <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, their spirits aren't there. Their bodies may be there, but right. hopefully they've gone on to a happier place. But yeah, I've always told people, don't even bother putting me in a cemetery because I'm not going to stick around anyway. You know, yeah, when I'm no. gone, they're like, where do you want to go, mom? And I'm like, you know, treat me like Edgar Allan Poe. I mean, he's like buried mm -hmm. in Wisconsin. Just put me in the back of the truck. Put the tail date down. <laughs> go real yeah. fast and see if I pop out someplace. And then don't turn yeah. around and come back because I'm not there. You know right. what I mean? Just, right. you know. Well, so, we as human beings like to have a tangible place we can go yeah. to. You know, right. I understand that. I mean, I told my wife, I said, just, you know, um, save some money, <laughs> cremate me and sprinkle me my ashes at one of my lighthouses. There you go. Which is, which is perfect. Which is perfect. Now what mm. I want to go on to the Ouija board thing, you know, Ouija mm. board, tarot cards, all that type of stuff, because yeah. Ouija boards aren't necessarily my world. You know what I mean? And yeah. I don't use tarot Good. cards for readings, but you know what? Educate some people on that because I do educate people on that. But what is your perspective? Well, I, I mean, I don't want people to get mad at me and just saying no. that, you know, um, you know, when you're, when you're looking for uh, information about the future, uh, and you know, a lot of people, the opposite of that would be prey. You know, people are impatient these days. They want instant gratification. Hence yes. like digital cameras, you know, when we had 35 millimeter cameras, we had to take them to the store, get them processed, cost a lot of money. And you go, like, Oh damn, I got nothing. You know, <laughs> uh, now with the digital camera, uh, you know, immediately. And then we've become a society where we want immediate in information now and the here and now myself included, you know, uh, right. sometimes I get impatient, but, right. You know, um, so when people pray for things, you pray for a, a loved one to get better or you pray for to win the lotto or something, you know, mm -hmm. like I said, answers come at God's time. Right. You know, Ed used to teach me, he's like, Joe, spirits don't come on your time. They come at God's time. Mm -hmm. You know, so, you know, you, you, people that get involved in this work and I call them thrill seekers because they really don't know what they're getting into, right. uh, especially when they're using the Ouija board. I mean. I know I'm bouncing around on you like this, but it, no, it's all, it, 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 it all has to do with the Ouija board and those forms of divination I talk about are, you know, most common would be the Ouija board, right. you know, but, but a seance, um, you know, um, uh, satanic worship, you know, making a deal with the devil, so to speak, people yeah. will do that and they don't know how dangerous that is. Mm -hmm. Even if they're joking around, you know, you don't know how dangerous it is because evil is there and it's waiting for you to open that doorway. Right. And I learned this from, I don't know if you ever heard of the, of the gentleman, Father Gary Thomas. I have through speaking with you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Father, Father Gary Thomas is the priest who, um, whose life, the movie, The Right was based on, R-I-T-E, yes. stand for the right of exorcism. He's an exorcist. He lives out in, in San Francisco area. And I know I spoke with him 
some years ago on the phone a couple of times about a case in Vermont I was working on. And I remember, um, and I've watched a, a bunch of his lectures. He's fascinating to listen to, but, um, you know, you know, he talks about these things and how these negative entities need a doorway that we open up via our own free will. Yeah. I mean, people say, well, you know, God, why would God make me suffer like this? Or why would God let this happen? God does not intervene in our free will. Mm -hmm. But if we choose by our own free will to to forfeit that um, right. by trying to make a deal with the devil or say, you know, hey, I'll, I'll sell my soul if I go win the lotto or something like that. You're not going to win the lotto, but right. that's a doorway. OK, so like the going back to the Ouija board, as I explain it. Uh, the Ouija board is a board game by Parker Brothers. Right. It's the intent behind that. Well, I mean, what intention could you possibly have to buy a Ouija board or pick one up at a secondhand store or something? You right. use it and you're using it to hopefully make contact. You know, you don't even need a board. I mean, nope. seances, stuff like that. And, you know, if you don't know what you're doing, how do you protect yourself, ground yourself, protect yourself? Right. You know, that's that's where you can get into trouble. And, you know, I try to educate, you know, I make I make my shows fun. You know, I've got a great sense of humor. But, right. you know, then, then I get serious. I said, let me be serious with you folks. I said, for any of those would-be paranormal investigators out there, listen to what I'm saying, because I was once where you are. Mm -hmm. You know, I, you know, I said, and, and you know, most people do listen. Some people may have an attitude, you know, like, uh, well, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. I'm like, well, okay, but eventually you're going to come reach out to me or one of my colleagues because mm -hmm. now you have an attachment and you've got something going on and you don't know how to get rid of it. And I tell people, I said, look, I'm not going to show up with a proton pack on my back, right. you know, and suck this thing in, oh, in like in the movies. It doesn't yeah. work that way. <laughs> yeah, it would be, Hey, maybe, you know, 500 years from now we'll be able to do right. it, but, you know, Star Trek years. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, I just, I just say, you know, why, why spin the wheel? and take a chance why roll the dice you know um don't go you know looking for trouble because right. it's it may not happen for a while mm -hmm. it may not happen for a year 10 years 20 years the, these 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 things hate us because we are children of god and we're we're made in the image of god at least that's my belief i'm right. trying to push my beliefs on others but you know we all um these demonic forces, these evil forces, which it's rare, mm -hmm. you know, possession cases, they're rare. Hollywood would have you to believe there's a demon lurking around every corner. Right. You know, um, it, it simply doesn't work that way. I mean, look at the cases we've worked on together. Yeah. I mean, we really haven't had anything dark. You know, we have, I mean, they get scary, Maybe human. but honestly, I haven't, I don't think I've come across an actual demon yet. No, yeah. and I hope you don't. Yeah. I hope you don't. But it's good to know if, to, you know, what you're dealing with. Yeah. Um, you know, so I just, I caution people. I said, look, there's people out there that want to do good work. They have the best intentions and that's great. What I recommend for them is to find someone like myself that's been doing this a long time and, and, and get some guidance, get, get, get some mentor, you know, mentorship. Yeah. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be, uh, to have been trained by Ed and Lorraine and, I went on a um, vacation. I went on. I went on some vacations with them. I went on uh, investigations with them. Um, took their classes for for, for many years. Uh, learned from them. I used to go on to the, the famous museum. I don't know if you've ever been there. 
um, with all the artifacts that they collected over the, over the years. And, you know, say, okay, Joe, this artifact here is from this case. And they tell me about it. And, and I'd be standing there going, he'd be like, now make sure you don't touch anything. I'm like, I ain't touching anything. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I'd have goosebumps. The hair would be standing on the back of my neck. And I was a big, strong guy. I was bigger than I am now. And I was my son's age, 27 years old, 25 years old. Physical size and strength has nothing to do with this. Right. It may help in some situations, but you need to be strong spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. You know, uh, I've been punched, bitten, scratched, pushed, you know, burned, mm -hmm. you know, been picked up and thrown across a room about 10 or 12 feet when I was 350 pounds. I mean, you know, Casper the Friendly Ghost doesn't have that kind of strength. They can't do that. Right. You know, so um, but you have to be able to stand up, brush yourself off and say, hey, is that all you got? Right. Because I'm not leaving. Mm -hmm. Guess what? You're leaving. No matter what has to be done, you're leaving. Right. You know, um, because you got a frightened family in, in the wings and, and they don't know what to do. They're reaching out to you for help. Right. And you get groups that go in there because they just want to get the money shot and they want to throw, you know, a video or something up on their YouTube channel or their social media pages. And you, I can't tell you how many cases come our way. Um, I've got one in Rhode Island I'm working on now where a group went in there. Something happened that freaked them out. I think a can of caviar exploded inexplicably. Right. It's just sitting on the counter and they packed up their equipment. The owner's like, Joe, they, they couldn't get out of here fast enough. They were terrified. Wow. And um, so I said, well, I'm going to try to reach out to this, this team and see if they'll talk to me because I need to know what they experienced. I need to know what I'm getting into. Right. You know, um, so I was fortunate enough to get one of the, the members of the team that talked to me. She's like, I'm so glad you found me. She said, because I'll tell you anything you want to know. Weird. And I was very disappointed when she told me, you know, the team leader and, and I think his girlfriend or wife ran this team. And, you know, they left this family hanging, basically, you know, for months. They did, the guy was trying to reach out to him and, and, you know, why'd you why'd you run out of here? What'd you find? What'd you see? What'd you experience? Right. Nothing. They just ghosted him completely. Right. Pardon the pun. Well, it's a, it's, uh, a it's what ha it, it, it happens. It is. Quite often. So I, I was kind of upset, and um, sorry, I got my dog Casper here. You're, you're Casper. Good. Hey, I had a grandchild for a minute, so we're good. <laughs> That's right. I got a little white dog. His name is Casper. Has to oh, be. Oh, very nice. <laughs> so, um, so th this woman was very kind, a young lady. She was probably in her mid twenties, and she told me a lot, and I thanked her profusely. But I said, you know what? She says, I don't agree with their methods. She goes, I don't even want to be part of this group anymore. I said, well, you tell them for me that they should shut down their Facebook page. They should shut down all their social media, take their YouTube down because they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. I said, and it's it's only a matter of time before they get affected, mm -hmm. you know, because it's very possible. Yeah. But that's all That's all a lot of these people want is, mm -hmm. is, is to, you know, um, look at me syndrome, I call it. You know, it's like even the Paracons. I didn't do Paracons for the longest time. I just did my first one this year, ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because... It's, you know, it's, it's, it's like, look at me, everybody sets up their tables and, and I'm like, well, yeah, I, I've done that. You probably saw the pictures of the one I just did in New York. I'm like, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, yeah. it's the first time I actually set up a table. Right. But what I had on my table were things to help protect folks. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Archbishop Torres and I went up to the represent the foundation and, and I had one table with, you know, um, um, 
stuff uh, that we use for protection to help people, holy water, uh, St. Benedict medals, rosaries. Mm -hmm. And on the other table, I had items like up here behind me, you see um, that painting was done by Ed Warren that was given to me by Chris. Right. You know, um, you know, I, I had things that people wanted to see of the Warrens. I had oh. one of Ed's original tape recorders. Uh, I have a set of rosary beads that were given to me by Lorraine about five years or so before she passed away. Right. You know, those things are priceless to me. Um, some of their books, I usually have them right here in my bookcase, but they're still in the car, <laughs> to be honest with you, because I've got a lecture on Saturday I'm going to bring them to. Right. Um, so, you know, like original, an original copy of the original print of the Demonologist book, okay. you know, signed by both of them to me and, and Laurel, my, my wife. Mm -hmm. Um and those are priceless to me. I mean, I can't replace them. Right. You know, uh, thing, things like that. So, I, you know, and people just, they, they were drawn to it, especially Redhead here. You know, he's like, is that the real Annabelle? I said, no, full disclosure, it's not the real doll. It's your, <laughs> it's your, it's your good twin sister. You know, right. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it, it was just really cool. You know, I had her in a little rocking chair. And the that's where Warren's kept Annabelle in a rocking chair for years until they had the case built because people would come over and touch the doll. And there was a priest that picked the doll up and threw it across the room and said, God is more powerful than the devil. Ed's like, yes, Father, you're right. But no priest is. It's no right. No hundred priests. Yeah. He told me that. He's like, Joe, he says, you know, God is power, more powerful than the devil, but no man is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, so it, 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 it was a lot of fun to do it, but I try to educate people right. and say, look, if you really feel a calling to do this work, my heart's with you. I said, cause I didn't know anything when I first started, yeah. I said, but, but you don't, you don't find a lot of people that are genuine like that. There are a lot of people out there that, that do this, but you know, it's the thrill seekers and the people that get, I don't know how they get themselves on TV. I've turned down more TV shows than I could count right now. Wow. I don't want to be on TV. I have a face for radio, you know. So uh. that's what my producer says. He's probably laughing at you, <laughs> right now, or laughing with you, because he says it all the time. Because I'm always like, Todd, get on the camera. Yeah, I got all, I'm all. I'm looking at myself. I'm all gray now. You know, it happens. <laughs> you know what? Just put yeah. blonde in, and it just it covers up or accentuates it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, my my wife won't let me dye my hair. She says it looks distinguished. I'm like, there you okay. go. There you go. <laughs> Now, you know uh, what? I we'll wanna, go with that. I want to backtrack a little bit just so people aren't confused because I think people get very confused on it. And it, it's my realm, you know, yep. um, because, you you know, um, what people don't realize with as much as, you know, um, the Warren Legacy Foundation, you or other people talk against like Ouija boards and, and things of that nature. Um, the foundation and, you know, Lorraine specifically were very big on psychic support or mm -hmm. mediumship. Yeah. You know yep. what I mean? So, you know, I think people are out there going, well, which way is it? Because I know for myself, mm -hmm. that was huge. That was huge because my sister, God, you know, God bless her heart. She was very Christian and very against divination and very against everything. But, but would call mm -hmm. me and have me remote view into her house or talk mm -hmm. to some people for her. And mm -hmm. I would sit there so confused on, well, which one is it? Am I for God or get, you know, where, where mm -hmm. does it put us? Does that make sense? It does. So, it does. You know, and for do people like yourself that know what you're doing, I mean, yeah. you're a teacher, so you're teaching these folks yeah. how to ground themselves and how to control mm -hmm. their gifts. And someday I want you to teach me. Uh, hey, I already wrote a whole thing up for the, like for the foundation. Oh, thank it's, you so much. You just got to get a hold of yourself and say, Hey, 
she's mine remember give me some uh, oh yeah give me the email <laughs> oh yeah no i you're mine i mean you know they have to fight me they have to fight me for you <laughs> especially that jeff is a, that is a jeff, joke. <laughs> he's fight. he's fighting a losing battle <laughs> for everybody listening joe is actually the person that brought me into the foundation to work with joe you know and i i went through i went through everything I went through, I went through all of the the hoops and interviews and everything um with everybody having a small smirk on their face like this is technicality and now there's a battle between because i am midwest between mm. jeff and the regional for midwest and joe going but i brought her in for the big cases <laughs> well i mean my my job with the foundation is cio which is i, I don't know i'm not big on titles but just right. so that people know who i am chief investigative officer if one of my regional directors our regional directors needs help yeah. with a case they can always call me right I mean, anybody can call me you can call me i don't care if it's three in the morning right. i know if you're calling me at three in the morning and if i hear the phone i know you need me right and i tell people i give people my personal phone number my personal uh email address i'm like if you need me especially the clients i don't care what time of day it is what time of night it is call me you know yeah. i i don't mind I, you know if you wake me up fine you wake me up you know and uh, that's the way lorraine lorraine was mm -hmm. lorraine would tell would tell me you know joe if you need help if you're out in a case and you know and i would talk to him uh sometimes at night you know there was one one case that you know as she got up in years um and this has never happened to me before it's a really tough case uh back in 2008 and i remember getting a phone call from judy her daughter and judy's like joe do me a big favor please don't bring my mom to this house she's judy had the gift too and she just had a bad feeling i said absolutely not i won't bring her you know i wouldn't you know i wouldn't you know but um that was a pretty hairy case that had a demonic presence and i talk about that and actually show video at, at my lectures right so um but i'm sorry i digress no, <laughs> so 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 yeah i mean if you know what you're doing you know how to control it and, and fine yeah. but it's the people that just say you know I, I want answers let me just do a spirit box session right you know and and people you know i won't mention any names you know publicly but it's like if this is the gates of hell why don't you rise up here and get us i'm like oh right. my god why would you say that yeah i know you're doing it for the show and for the sensationalism but you, you you're going to end up getting affected at some point in your life it, yeah. it, they're just not going to let that slide i mean you're inviting that it's like like i said it's a doorway you open the door and you say come on in what are you letting in yeah. oh it's just the spirit of a little girl or a little boy or something innocent well that's what it wants you to believe right because then you know because it, it, it allows you to just draw it closer yeah because you think oh it's a little girl it's so sad you know maybe sometimes it is but how do you yeah. know well, that's just it. How do you know? I don't use Ouija boards. I have people give them to me to get rid of. Right. You know, I tried to burn one once and it wouldn't burn. I, I flooded this thing with uh, lighter fluid and the edges burned, but the board itself would not burn. And I remember calling Ed on the phone as many years ago. I called Ed and he's like, bury it. You have holy water, kid? Yep. I always have holy water. I got gallons of it. <laughs> you know, he says, he says, dig a hole in the backyard at our home and consecrate the ground bury the board and then i had a saint michael medal and a saint benedict medal and i buried it with it it's mm -hmm. probably still there today it's probably 25 years ago wow 22 25 years a long time ago these were college students at westcon college in connecticut mm -hmm. and this board was taking over their lives 
they wouldn't make a move you know if they wanted an answer to something you know they would okay let's consult the board right and when we went there, Orlando and I went there, the place was dark. And I'm talking about dark, meaning absence of light. They had right. all the shades and curtains drawn. And I'm like, you know, what is this? The Adams family live here? You know, I'm like, you need to open up the windows, lighten up the place, open up the curtains, let light in here, let air in here and let it flow through, you know? Right. Uh, but they, they were just mesmerized by this board and, Finally, I, I convinced them to, to stop. Now, if they went out and bought another one, I don't know. Or they dug up the one I buried. But we got rid of it that night. I said, you guys have to stop this. Right. You know? Uh, because- and I hope they went on to have, you know, uh, fruitful adult lives. I never kept in touch with them. We lost touch after a while. But right. it, it's just really dangerous. You know, why play that, play Russian roulette with it? Right. Oh, I like this. A uh, lady is asking, how are kids who are who see and hear spirits supposed to distinguish between what is a spirit that wants to speak to them versus an entity that is trying to manipulate and get closer to the mm-hmm. trick than mm-hmm. allowing something dark in? Well, my answer would be to find someone like you to, to, to assist, you know, because that's what I would do. If I was called in on a case like that, I, I certainly would try to tell the child not to engage, not to give it recognition. I know that's hard. Children are extremely curious. Right. You know, uh, I mean, that, that was something that happened at the Amityville house. Mm-hmm. You know, Missy, the daughter, you know, would see this little boy. Um, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen that famous photo of the little boy peering out the door in the Amityville case. Yes. yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. when George Lutz, you know, uh, he gave an interview and I, that I, I heard. George Lutz said that they showed that picture to the children and Missy, the daughter, that because that was her room, her bedroom. She said, oh, that's the little boy that I play with. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people like, ah, oh, some producer reporter brought their kid. I'm like, no, they didn't. You don't yeah. bring children on cases like that. No, granted, it wasn't the end of a horror, air quotes here. It was just another case to the Warrens. Uh, the book and the movie, when that came out, labeled it as the end of a horror, but that family, it was pretty horrific what happened there, mm-hmm. you know, but getting back to the question, it's a very great question is I, and that's not my specialty. That probably be your specialty. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I would, I would help guide them to someone like Lorraine or, you know, I have a couple of friends here in Connecticut. They're very gifted to, right. to help that, to help the child. But mm-hmm. then you got to deal with the parents first though. Parents like, ah, oh, it's child's imagination. She's just making this stuff up. I don't believe in it. Right. What do you do? I mean, I'm not going to know about it until the parents convinced enough to says, oh, I got to call somebody in. You know, we, we got to put a stop to this. And, right. um, you know, hopefully the parent would, would at least listen to their child. Mm-hmm. Um, but children, I, I feel, are very innocent and very open to this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, um, but I definitely would get, you know, if that happened. And it has happened, but I've gotten them in touch with someone who is a professional like yourself in the in this work because I'm not. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I deal more with demonic stuff. That's kind of my specialty is because I learned that from Ed. Right. And believe me, when my phone doesn't ring, I'm happy. Right. I take no pleasure in going and getting involved in cases because I don't know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ed Warren had his first major heart attack on, on a case that, of demonic possession. That This was actually possession where they had wow. to exercise this gentleman. Yeah. You know, and I've got, unfortunately, and I'm, I'm still kind of a young gentleman, but I just got some health issues. Mm-hmm. Now, are those health issues due to the work that I've done? Maybe. Right. Maybe. Maybe it's just coincidental. Right. You know, I could. you could never know for sure. 
but you know i know my wife's always on my case she's like if you're not feeling well you're not going and i'm like well i have to go no you don't and we get into an argument you know and it's tough because i always want to be there for people i always want to help but i have to be smart enough to realize i'm not strong enough right you know uh, and like i said strong enough physically emotionally spiritually uh psychologically you got to be in a state of grace um yeah. father torres talk, and i talk about that all the time so you know you want to make sure you you're, you're grounded you want to make sure you go to confession right um, which takes a while for me but and you know uh, receive you know the holy eucharist and 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 pray and you want to be in a state of grace so that you're prepared for battle if need be i mean yeah. we did we did archbishop torres and i you might find this interesting in new york we had a, a young gentleman and his friend approach our our table Right. And w w the friend was kind of <clears throat> distraught looking. He 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 didn't look right, and he and 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 his friend is like, yeah, we feel strongly that he has an attachment, right? You know, and he's had it for a while. And so, um, father and I looked at each other and said, well, let's talk more. Let's. We took him into an ante room, um, one of the small conference rooms in in the building. Uh, it's just the four of us in there, and unbeknownst to everybody. Even, even, you know, the Archbishop, I had grabbed my rosaries that I've gotten from the Vatican that were blessed by the Pope. You're getting higher than that, right? Right. And I had them in my hand and I gave the holy water because I had my, my whole kit there, my whole um, suitcase to, to the Archbishop. And he's an exorcist. Mm -hmm. He is an exorcist. Right. So we were just going to go produce, uh, recite some prayers of deliverance. We weren't going to do an exorcism that that would be much different, but deliverance prayers are very powerful um, prayers. And they're like the layman's form of an exorcism, which anyone can recite, but they're just words unless you believe in them. I stress that all the time. A crucifix is nothing but a piece of metal around your neck unless you believe in it. Exactly. You know, or a piece of wood hanging on the wall. You need to believe in what that symbolizes and have that faith. Mm -hmm. I always kind of coined the, the phrase from the movie Miracle on 34th Street. Faith is believing in something that common sense tells you not to. Oh, I Just like because, that. yeah, I love that line. I wish I made it up, but I didn't. Faith is believing in something when common sense tells you not to. Because yeah. faith is have, believing in something that's not tangible. Right. You know? And so you believe in it. Or I, I'm, I keep looking around because I, I, all my stuff's in the car, but I have a very holy Bible that I take with me that my grandfather passed away when he passed away, he was on, had it on his lap. Okay. My grandfather was very holy. He would read the Bible, go to church just about every day before work. And, you know, he would read the Bible before bed. And what they thought happened. And I was very close with him is he fell asleep and had the Bible on his lap and he had a heart attack in his sleep. Oh, wow. You know? And so my mom gave me that Bible 30 some odd years ago. She's like, if you're going to do this work, you need protection. <laughs> Take this Bible. Right. You know, so that's part of my, so, um, so I brought this, this crucifix, uh, um, rosary, or, I'm sorry, in my hand. Nobody knew I had it except me. Right. We put the gentleman in a chair, you know, made sure he was comfortable. And, and I said, the Archbishop, I said, give, give me a moment. And I took, I took this religious, religious relic and I put it on the back of his neck. Right. And boy, did he have an aversion to that that object. He, oh, wow. No one knew I had it. Right. And he just started writhing. His eyes rolled back. And yeah, it was it was 
pretty bad and we weren't expecting this at all right but we knew what to do so um yeah he had a he had a strong aversion to that he had a very strong aversion to the holy water um you know things like that not like you see in the movies with her head spinning around and her pea soup coming out i think i would run then <laughs> but no this was tough and then and then he kind of went limp like mm -hmm. in a trance and i looked at the archbishop we looked at each other i said it's not gone it's still here it's just playing possum right you know and, and and he's like you know you're not going to trick us you know and he's like tell me your name tell me the uh, tell me the time of your departure you know this is these things are very real right. you see them in the movies but they're based on fact right and so we were in there about a half an hour i think um which isn't a long time sometimes you have to do this stuff multiple times before they leave right but uh he he said he felt better he looked better mm -hmm. he definitely looked better and then we gave him a blessed crucifix and holy water and he could hold them without any problem. Right. So he said, well, at least for now, this thing has, has left him. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, I didn't write down their information, but I gave him my card. I said, email me when you get home mm -hmm. and, and keep in touch and let me know. And they didn't, I have not heard from them yet. I, I still hold out hope that I will hear from them, but this just happened not this past weekend, the weekend before when I was up in Plattsburgh, New York. Right. And um, it was, you know, like I said, we weren't expecting it, of course, but we were prepared. Right. Um, you know, uh, Father Ken knew what to do. And, you know, I'm a strong guy. I was trying to hold this guy down in the seat so he didn't hurt himself. Right. You know, and so, you know, I've got one hand on the back of his neck and my other hand, I'm, I'm putting my body weight you know, like 290 pounds, I'm, I got his, my body weight and he's, you know, up in the chair and his eyes are rolling back in his head. And I'm like, okay, you know, there's just a lot of signs of demonic activity there. You mm -hmm. know, the aversion to re religious objects, the strength, uh, his facial features seem to be contorted mm -hmm. a, a little bit. Uh, I don't know the gentleman, but his friend said, you know, his face has changed, you know, his eye color changed. Wow. It's 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 not for the faint of heart. So for those thrill seekers out there, right, you're gonna shat yourself. Right. I'm telling you. These people are like, oh cool, I'd love to see that. No, you wouldn't. Right. And you it's know, funny because I just spoke to somebody in the last few weeks that got a hold yeah. of me. And so, you know, and basically we had a discussion turn into kind of a small argument because she mm. literally came at me and said, well, I can get rid of anything, you know, what just by bringing enough art, you know, angels and this and that. And I'm like, oh. that's all ego. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I, I cannot stand people with egos. I really can't. I, you know, yeah. um, one of the things I say to our foundation members, I said, stay humble. Yeah. You know, stay humble. I mean, you know, my name, people may not know my name as well as some of these people you see on television. Mm -hmm. But I know I can do what they can't. Right. You know, and I could back that up. But right. it's like, oh, well, they'll eventually find themselves to me. But, you know, they're misrepresenting themselves. And I understand they're under the guise of producers and they're telling them what to do, where to stand, what to say. Mm -hmm. And that's why I wouldn't get involved. You know, we, right. we, were at a, we were supposed to do something with HBO years ago. And like, well, this is what we want to do. And I'm like, well, don't we have any say in this? And I'm like, well, no, we're going to say forget it. I'm not interested. I, I'm not interested. I don't care about the money. I'm not a rich guy by any means. Right. <laughs> by any means. Trust me. I'm going to call my wife down. She'll tell you. You know, but I'm not in it for the money. 
And I don't care about the fame. I, I want people to know who I am because if you need help, come to the foundation, you right. know, and then, and, and then I let my directors oversee these cases. And if they need my help, they'll, then they'll call me. Right. You know, I, otherwise I'm like, look, I'm not going to step on your toes, but if you need me, I'm here for you. Yeah. You know, but the, I'm sorry. I, mean, I think I cut you off the air, but no, the you egos, no, the you egos thing drives me crazy. I was just you wondering know? because when it came to me, I, I honestly got very, my ego came out because I was very, I was like, one, you know, if it comes to a, a, an entity or a demonic, you know, yeah. you're going to need a little bit more than just prayer. You know what I mean? It's just going to, it's going to be, it can be a battle. And then I said, if it comes to a spirit, oh, it's going to be a battle. A soul that's passed on, you can't force the soul to leave. In my world, yeah, because they have free will. They have free will. They, they you have know? Their free and will. And if you don't have the education, walk in. Why are you doing it? Why are you even thinking you can do it? You know. So it, that was my statement. And you're absolutely right. It's just the, to make a statement like that. It just mm -hmm. sounds so narcissistic. Yeah. You know, I can get rid of anything. You know, I wouldn't even make that statement. And I could say it much more than you could. Or, you know, I would never say that. And right. like we just said, a spirit, even if it's an earthbound spirit, if they choose to stay here, mm -hmm. they'll stay here. Right. If they don't want to go, if they feel they've got an unfinished work or if they feel they won't be accepted on the other side, whatever the reason, they have that, that free will. And you know, we have to accept that. And we could peacefully coexist with spirits. Right. I, I mean, oh, I know you do. I do. I teach it. I teach it. Yeah, you know, I know I, you do. I do. I, I I'm talking teach to the choir. Yeah, I, I mean, I teach that to people. It's like, you know what? I can come and talk to your loved ones. I can talk to the person in your room. I can, hmm. I can talk to whoever's angry there, but I can't force them to leave. But I can work out like a deal between the two of you that you can coexist, you know, hmm. if they choose not to move on. Right. You know, but right. I know that you told me you were telling me like the spirit would get angry if you if you change the kitchen around to put yeah. in cabinets or an island. Had it. I have an attitude about that because I want to look. You're dead. This is my house now. I'm going to do what right. I want. You but know, but then again, longer. I don't want to deal with the haunting. Yeah. And people, <laughs> like, right, people don't understand yeah. that they don't. And I know you understand it and you get it. You know what I mean? Because. You know, um, there's just so many, we've had a lot of discussions on it, you know, and it's like, wow, that has happened. Wow. This, you know, you've read, you know, you've seen it, you know, we still need, and I know you know this, but we still need to respect them. Yeah. I mean, we, we need to respect, you know, their memory, their spirit. And, and I do, I, when I go to cemeteries, which isn't often anymore, cause I don't really have the time, but I'm very respectful. I don't like to walk on graves. Yeah. You know, but then I look around, I see the headstones that some of them have fallen over over the years, but some of them it's vandalism. And that just disgusts me, really. You know, uh, right here in my own town, some years ago, we had some teenagers. They're 16, 18 years old. And they went to Center Street Cemetery. And there's some headstones from the 1600s. And, and some of them you can't read because they're so oxidized, you know, and mm -hmm. they just kicked them over. Yeah. And I, I, I know the guy very well. He's my neighbor around the corner. A guy is in charge of the cemetery association. And he was infuriated. They did catch them. They, mm -hmm. But they did probably, I think I heard like $50,000 or so worth of damage. You know, and um, why do that? Well, why would you find that fun? Mm -hmm. I don't understand. For myself, I love, you know what? I'm really that strange person. I love to go, when I have time, I love to go to cemeteries because I oh, love those old parts. I love seeing the stories. I love. You can see the story in the gravestones. You just yeah. see in the beauty of it. It's like, wow, you know. And I'm, I'm with you there, sister. 
Yeah. I, I love old, especially old cemeteries. Yeah. And the way the headstones, the way they worded it. Yeah. You know, uh, you know it's just, it's just, it's so cool. Yeah. Um, to, to see that. Yeah. And, but people need to be respectful. Yeah. And, you know, people mock what they don't understand. I've always said that. That's we true. mock what we don't understand. I mean, when I when I'm giving a, a lecture to folks, um, uh, you know, I just finished one the other night at one of the libraries. Um, you know, I, I I tell them, look, I, I'm not trying to force you to believe what I'm telling you. I said, but I'm not standing up here. I haven't spent thirty, almost thirty-seven years of my life on a bunch of BS. Right. I said, this is stuff. Everything that we're talking about here tonight, every photo I'm showing you, um, has a story. Right. Okay. You know, every picture has a story, but not every picture tells a story. Right. You know, so, you know, I could show a picture up behind me, you know, on the projector and go on a 20 minute rant about that picture. And mm -hmm. people are just mesmerized by, okay, this is what happened the night this picture was taken. This is what was going on. This is what we did, you know. But you get some naysayers. And, and look, I welcome and encourage, you know, differing opinions, but be respectful. Yeah. You know, I, I had a gentleman once, uh, it's many years ago now, um, and I was showing a photograph and I said, look, I'm not saying this is a ghost. I don't know what it is, but it's, it was some kind of form of light energy that was caught uh, on the camera. And I said, I'd be irresponsible to stand here and say, this is a ghost. This is a demon because I don't know for sure. Right. Until you get more involved, but just did by taking a picture. Right. And this guy is sitting there. He's like, um, he's like, well, I'm a photographer. I've been taking pictures for 25 years, and I could tell that's faked. That's a right. fake photo. So I was biting my tongue, and I'm like, I said, sir, I said, thank you for the compliment because I took the photo, and it's not doctored. Right. I said, I said, you know, I'm I was an hour from my home. It was a, I think it was a Friday night, actually. I said, it's Friday night. You're here for free. Mm -hmm. Okay. This, this program, I'm doing this for nothing. Why yeah. am I going to drive when I could have been home with my, my children and my wife at the movies or something? So I'm going to come here and lie to you. Right. I was not, I wasn't happy. And the guy's just like, pissed him off <laughs> you know so he came up to me after the show and he just apologized profusely i said look sir i don't mind you disagreeing if, or if you have a, a different dissenting opinion i said but you need to be respectful i said that's why i got upset because yeah. the way you said it was disrespectful and i will not stand for that yeah you know, that's what i used to do when i used to go with ed in the rain when they were lecturing there were people that would uh, heckle them mm -hmm. they would heckle them and ed would get upset and just look at me i'm like i got this Right. Excuse me, excuse me, sir, ma'am. You can't do that. Please right. don't do that, or I'm going to ask you to leave. And that's with I think anything. You know, we had to. I was at a Paracon yesterday, a paranormal event yesterday. And it was like everybody was so respectful. Everybody was up until almost the end. Oh no! And then it was like, you know, you stories for group. Well, you, you know what? Well, everybody lost. You know, they lost every friend they had. It's over with. You know what I mean? It was like. You know, everybody just went, you know, if you got to be disrespectful, then we don't need to give you attention. And you'll have to tell me about that later. Yeah. It was sounds it was, like, you know, there's probably more to the story that we have time for, but yeah, there was. You uh, know, it was, it was just, a, it was just, it was just a, dis, a simple disrespect, you know, when it's like you don't need to be that way, you know. So, egos involved. That's all I need to ask. Egos involved. 
yeah, one paranormal group to another one, and it was or to another paranormal person. Yeah. It was like you know. Well, I mean, you, what you said before, your ego. Look, I can have an ego too, but in defense. Yeah. It's like, well, wait a minute. I've been doing this thirty-six plus years. I know what I'm talking about. I know a little something. You know right. how long you've been doing this? Oh, I've been doing this thirty years. Really? You traipsed around cemeteries for thirty years, or you've been actually battling demons for thirty years? Right. I said, don't try. I said, don't try and. You know, stand toe to toe with me, right? Because you know you're you're BS. You're just puffing your chest out and then look at me and like, I, I don't like that. Right. And then my ego will come out because I'm like, I know what I'm talking about, and I got people that could back up what I'm saying. That people that have known me this long, like Chris, mm. you know, and uh, that doesn't happen very often to me at all. And I don't like getting like that because then I feel bad afterwards. Like, yeah, I was really rude. I feel bad because it's it's not my personality, oh. you know, but. Sometimes you got to put people in their place. Right. Well, you know, like I told you, going back into that, when me and you started talking, I said, you know what? I have no problem working with you. But the minute I see something scary, I'm out of here because I, will I don't know anything about that. You know, I will go in. I will well, like, I'll talk. But, you know, if they grow grown horns, I'm gone. I'm gone. And I'll be like, and, and I'm telling you exactly that. what I've seen. I'm out of here. You know what I mean? Because it's not my realm. I respect that. I had a, a good friend of mine. She lives in Florida now. Uh, she's a very gifted uh, psychic. And we were going to, it was a restaurant slash bar in one town over from me. And so we had gone out, um, we had gone out to dinner. I said, well, we're, we're going to be going by there. Do you mind if we swing by? And she's like, okay, yeah, no problem. She had never been there before. So this place had a lot of activity and it wasn't all good, but I'm not convinced it was demonic, but I was hoping that she could help me with some answers. And um, we, we pulled into the parking lot and I could see her face. We were trying, we're getting out of the car. She's like, I can't go in. Mm -hmm. She's like, I, I can't go in. He goes, she goes, I already sense it. And uh, she was terrified. She was, she was actually trembling, yep. you know, and we had our own cars. She was there with her husband and her husband's like, are you, are you sure? I said, look, if you're not comfortable, you, you take her take her home. I said, Richard, take her home. Yeah. I don't want you. She's like, no. She goes, give me a couple of minutes. I said, Jackie, I said, no. If you're not comfortable, I would never, ever, what, you know, force her to go in there. Right. But you know what? She faced her fears, and she ended up going in after a few minutes. She yeah. put herself together. And she's walking around like this. She goes, there is something very, very bad here. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, I kind of knew that because, you know, this thing would wreak havoc. Like I got pictures in the kitchen, the burners, you know, would, would be on like six feet right. or not six feet, six inches. Right. And, you know, with gas burners, you got to push in and turn them. All right. four of them or six of them would be on. And the, the, the restaurant would be closed, the bar, but um, Lynn would be in her office, you know, doing all the receipts and the book, you know, the books and everything. And, and she'd hear this and she'd come out there and all the burners would be on, you know? So she would call me and it would only take me 10 minutes to get there. It's one, you know, not, not that far. So I went there one night, we went down in the basement because there should have beer bottles, you know, you know, stock downstairs right. on the shelves and you'd hear smash crash, you know, this would be flying all over the place. Right. And we, we went down there and I'm like, okay, it's hiding. I know it's hiding because they want to hide in the shadows and they don't want to be discovered. And certainly not scared of me. I'm just a mortal man. But, you know, um, you could hear growling right. going on. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm like, all right, well, let's go upstairs and, and make sure everything's good upstairs. We go upstairs and the basement door 
was always ajar about six, eight inches. Mm -hmm. on, the hinge was broken, so you'd have to pull it closed and latch it. So I come up, and we're standing in the kitchen. My back is to the door. I'm about three feet from it, and, and Lynn is in front of me, and we're talking. All of a sudden, the door slams and latches Oh wow! right behind me, as if to say, stay out of here. I don't right. want you down here. So guess what I did? You went in. <laughs> I went back down there. I said, Lynn, you stay here. I'm going downstairs. I went downstairs. I called it every name in the book. Right. I don't I don't teach people to do that. Right. I was just I was upset. I was pissed. Right. And I always tell people don't go anywhere alone either. Right. You know, so I broke my own rules. And and you know, I'll full disclosure, I broke my own rules. But I said, Lynn, you stay upstairs and make sure nothing happens up here. And I went down there and I was I stayed down there for another 20 minutes or so. Nothing happened, and I came back up. But you have to pull that door closed and latch it. And it slammed and latched on its own. Right. As if to say, stay the heck out of here. I don't want you down here. Right. Well, she ended up selling the business and the guy that bought it bulldozed it. And now they built a Taco Bell on the property. It's fitting. I've Well, you know, I like Taco Bell. It's just expensive. <laughs> um, so I, I've talked to a couple of people that um, used to work there and they'd say all kinds of stuff would go on. I said, well, yeah, the land itself is mm -hmm. the problem, not the actual building. Just because you bulldoze the building doesn't necessarily mean it's going to, the energy is going to disappear. Right. Um, but, you know, the manager's so scared they don't even want to talk about it. I'm like, look, I, if you need me, here's my card. Call me. But they right. haven't called me, which is fine. I don't need more work to do. Oh, that's just it. So yeah. what is, you know what, before we let you go, what is one of the scariest cases you've ever worked on? Oh, boy, I get that question a lot. I know. I, I didn't think you'd have to think about that. Well, my, my go-to one, I'll, I'll tell you what, the, the go-to one that I usually talk about is a case of Bristol, Connecticut that Ed sent me on, but I was only about 21, okay. 20, 21. That's fair because, you know, fear comes with no, not, not well, yeah, be, because I was still learning. You know, yeah. I started when I was with them when I was 18. So, you know, it was a couple of years really before he'd let me go somewhere on my own or with, mm -hmm. with, you know, I took another guy with me. Right. Um, I, but I was always with them on all these other cases. So I remember this in Brist Bristol, um, cause this was, this family was really affected. Um, so it gets a phone call. We're at a lecture, you know, and he gets a call from the family. He, I remember him say, Joe, come here for a second. He's like, take, I think Brian was his name. He goes, take Brian with you. Go to this address. He goes, this family's just terrified. He goes, bring, you got your equipment with you? It's in the car. Right. Cameras, video, uh, audio equipment, recording equipment. So I get to the house. And I remember this like it was five minutes ago. I knock on the door and, and someone opens the door and they're looking at me. I said, I'm Joe Frankie. The, Ed Warren sent me. The door flies open. They grab me. It's like the whole family just hugged me. Right. Like, thank God you're here. They were terrified. And I'm looking around the room, and it's kind of an open floor plan. To the left here was the living room area. To the right, there was an open kitchen, dining room set. And then there was a hallway, the bathroom, and there was two or three bedrooms. But everything, and I'm telling you, everything this family owned, you know, toys, pots and pans, uh, blankets, pillows, mattresses, clothing, everything they owned was in that living room. That wow. family would sleep together, huddled together. They were so scared and they wanted to be close to the door. Wow. And I said, well, so I sat down with them. I said, what's going on? I said, I, I got a pretty good idea by seeing what this place looks like, but tell me what's going on. And they said, 
one thing that had happened that scared them and, and, and prompted them to call Ed was there was, they would see these like black hooded black figures that would come out of the back bedroom at the end of the hall. They said seemed to be the epicenter and they would come out of like the closet area and they would float down the hall and they'd be almost as tall as a ceiling. So your wow. standard ceiling is like eight feet. So right. almost eight feet tall. And they, they, they would see these things and then they would just kind of disappear and just dissipate or they go through the wall or something like that. Well, that night they were there watching TV, the family and they have, there was a baby uh, and they had the baby in, um, I don't think it was a crib. It was like a bassinet. Right. And they said, they look over and they saw this. Now, and the whole family saw this. Everybody. It wasn't just one person. Saw this thing come down the hall. And then it kind of like went up to the bassinet. And it kind of looked down like it was looking in the bassinet. Right. I really see what I'm doing. But it right. looked down in the bassinet. And they freaked out. And they grabbed the baby. And they, they went to a neighbor's house or something. And then they called Ed. And they said, all right, well you know, go home. Joe, Joe will be there in, in a few minutes. Just, you know, so they had gone back to the house, mustered up the courage to go back. And they're telling me this and they're just terrified. They're crying. And I said, okay, I'm going to set up my equipment. Brian and I, I said, I want you guys to try to get some sleep. Mm -hmm. So try to get some rest. Uh, I'm going to be in the back bedroom because that's where stuff was happening. So that's where I had to go. Right. Yeah. You know, now, now I'm mad because whenever there's kids involved, I get really upset. Right. Like, you know what? I don't you pick on, pick on somebody when they come a little bigger, you know? Right. This, you know, poor baby was, you know, probably didn't know what was going on. So I set up my camera, faced it towards the closet. I think I stepped on a Lego and that still hurts, but you know, there was like a couple of toys on the floor. Yeah. I remember that. It was Legos on the floor. This hurt like a, a bear. And um, Brian went into the other bedroom and it was quiet. Nothing happened. Nothing. I got, I, I don't think I got any audio or video, uh, yeah. but they were so scared. Here's one part I forgot to tell you. When they would go to the bathroom, someone would go in the bathroom to do their business and they'd have the door ajar and then have their hand. I can't see what I'm doing. They'd have their hand reaching outside the door and someone would stand in the hallway holding their hand. Oh, wow. Because what they were saying, what would happen on occasion is that they'd look in the bathroom mirror and see this ugly, grotesque face of like an old man or something looking at them. And yeah. it would, they said it would say things like you're all going to die or something like that. Yeah. Well, this was on, I think a Friday night. So that following Monday or Tuesday, Archbishop McKenna, who was an exorcist, uh, he passed away some years ago. He came out and, and did it like a, I don't want to say an exorcism because exorcism were performed on people, not places, but right. he did a, a bless the house and everything. And um, I wasn't there cause I had to work, mm -hmm. but um, from what I hear it was successful, but right. this was in the middle of, you know, a condo it wasn't an end unit. It was in the middle of whatever it was had to been attached to someone there. Right. I, I feel because it's kind of odd that it would be attached to the place or right. the property because you know, the couple of neighbors that I talked to a little bit said nothing, you know, they've got nothing to report. Right. You know. But scariest only because I was really scared because this is the first time I had gone out on my own. Yeah. You know, um, you know, but yeah, I know we're running out of time here. The other time was when I got picked up and thrown across the room on a case. That's yeah. But that was the first and only time. I mean, I've been 
you know, you know, hit and scratched and burned. But I mean, I actually left my feet and I was 350 pounds at the time. Wow. And I must have went about 10 feet and I hit my right shoulder on the wall and, you know, my neck. And, and then I fell down and I got up and I was I was scared, but I was angry. Right. I was like, I'm like, you know, why don't you show yourself? You know, I, I, it's like I, I can't fight something like that physically. I mean, it's it's got, you know, st- uh, you know, strength that you can't possibly comprehend. But yeah. Um, if, if you've ever been, if you've ever been touched or God forbid slapped or mm-hmm. punched or something by an unseen force, mm-hmm. when it actually touches your person, people, that's when it really gets real. It does. It's one thing to have poltergeist activity where you just got objects that are being, you know, the toaster's right. going off or dishes are flying around or something, you know, people are terrified enough with that. But when something touches you yeah. that you can't see or, 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 you know, you can't see it coming. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, I you know, I can go all no, week. It's a whole. Story, I, I, we don't have time. No, I get it because uh, literally, you know, I've had that moment where I have been touched in this and that, and I mean, I was angry by it. I wasn't scared. I was angry. Well, you feel violated. Do not touch me. I'm done. You know what I mean? And yeah. <clears throat> I, it was a very. I tend to move into haunted places. I don't know why. I just tend to move in, and yeah. they're there. But I get one night of activity, and then never again for the time yeah. I'm there because I'm like I'm done knock it i get mad well, they have to know their boundaries too. yeah you're giving them the respect you expect that in return yeah you know um but you can't there's no bar bargaining with you know well it's just you, so funny because before my uh, development i get mad and i'd scream at him and i never get another thing when i'm finally developed when i'm finally doing this as a living i walk into a haunted house and i'm like really now i'm bargaining with you you know what i mean but it goes from being a coexist you know of setting a boundary of get out of your own house, you know, mm. and thank goodness they were respective of that to, mm. you know, now I'm all about, Hey, let's coexist. Let's, no, let's maybe, maybe, you know, I do what we call spirit rescue. You know, maybe they yeah. need a little push. Maybe yeah. they need help. Maybe you need to bring someone from the other side to pull them over or something. Yeah. But you have to be willing to do that. Gotta be willing. Um, but it's like, look, if we're going to live here together, you're doing the dishes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's just, I'll put them to work. Power building. My wife's like, give them the vacuum. Let them vacuum the living room for you. <laughs> it works. Well, so. Don't do that because they can airport things. The next thing your keys are missing because they've done cleaned them up. Oh, it happens to me all the time. You know? I, I'm like, am I nuts? I just have my keys in my hand. I put them down somewhere and I couldn't find them. I happened to me one time. You know where I found them? Mm. In the refrigerator. Ah. In the crisper. I would think like, that well, is I know I didn't put them there. Yeah. That well, is, I you told them, you, you know? And my I'm friend, that is, you've told them you need to make your own, you need to start pitching in. They went, fine, I'll clean up your keys. <laughs> oh, yeah, it, it happens. And I think there's just toying with me, but I'm like, come on, I don't have time for this. Where are my keys? I'll yeah. grab the spare keys, you know, because I know where they are, but then right. I'll find them eventually. Oh. But sometimes I get nervous, like, did they fall into the garbage can? Because I have some timers, you know. Yeah. Sometimes I remember, sometimes I don't. There you go. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Joe, so much for coming on. I appreciate it. I, I, I didn't put your audience to sleep. Oh, not at all. Not at all. Hey, I know I'm tired, but it's only because literally I traveled all weekend and, you know, I know. At o'clock in the morning. You I'm never so called tired. me, so I thought you might have been too tired. Well, I was going to call, but then I seen you were doing a show and I'm like, bad time to call. Hey, Joe, you got five minutes before you go on the air? <laughs> yeah, I, I was there. 
I was done by like nine or so, but I don't know what time you were driving about. And I was home at nine. I was at oh, home oh, at okay, nine, okay. by nine thirty. So I, I I didn't know. I thought like last time we talked, yeah. you were, it was late at night. So yeah, I I was I've been I've been fortunate to go. I'm you know if I would have left when I was supposed to, I would have been on the road until like eleven eleven thirty. But yeah. last night I was fortunate to say, can I leave early? They went, yes, it's slow. Just go. Thank you. Okay. So well, I last night was a lot of fun. They actually yeah. went live, but it was the local TV. Yeah. Um, and th what they did is, if I could tell you real quick, they had some children, like high school kids. Yeah. Um, and the youngest was 11, but the oldest was like 20. He was, you know, had, had already um, graduated. But there was five of them there, and they were, you know, giving me some questions. So I'm telling them some of these stories, and they're just like, staring at me you know they're just mesmerized and yeah i said if and they want they just want to keep hearing more i said well i'm i'm going to be down at the your high school on saturday right tell your parents you know tell your parents and bring your friends you know right um looking to get a few hundred people there you know somebody's asking if you have like a youtube channel or something i don't i keep having people want me i'm on facebook you could look me up on facebook and then i i have a facebook page for my my other group is the Connecticut Paranormal Research Society. Right. I'm not on there very much, but I'm not all about that. But you know, somebody said I should do a YouTube channel because they want to watch it. People want me to do a podcast. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, may maybe if it's in the cards, you know, maybe you can tell me. <laughs> I honestly but think YouTube I may, uh, but no, to answer the question, I'm sorry, I go off on a tangent, but I yeah. don't have one presently. Yeah. I think you know, a YouTube channel for you would be great because of your experience, your knowledge, your stories not only educational but honestly about educate 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 yeah you know what i mean people are going to be interested because yeah. it is very and be educated yeah and be educated i've learned from people i don't care if you've been doing this four months or 40 years i can learn yeah. from you i don't know everything right i mean you, know, you and I would never say i do you know but, if you talk yeah. about every case think about i mean you wouldn't even have to you you could go on forever yeah, you went I, I joked a couple weeks ago. I posted it up. I said I'm having some thoughts about doing a YouTube channel entitled "Deep Thoughts with Joe Frankie." Dare Who would listen know? to that? And all my friends are like, "Oh, that's a perfect idea." I said, "Once you get into my head, <laughs> it's you know what? Everybody's blowing up here, going yes, yes, yes. Basically, very interesting. You know, yeah. informative. Like, uh, um, you know, remember remember from Saturday Night Live, "Deep Thoughts with Jack Handy." Yes. That's, you know, that's where I took it from. But yeah. deep thoughts with Joe Frankie. I think they'd be good. I think maybe some good. of your listeners would jump on. I think they would in a heartbeat <laughs> because you know what, people, you know, like I had, um, I don't know if you know who Dave Schrader is. Uh, Holzer I know Bob. the name. Yeah. I, I, I haven't met him, but yeah, he's he's really a nice guy. He's he's. Yeah. I, I'm honestly, I'm 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 proud to call him one of my friends. You know, and we need really we need guy. more nice people. And he's field. had a, you know, he's had a couple of TV shows now on Discovery Channel, and I always congratulate him because he always takes it, and he puts his foot down to say, "I'm not going to take this from, we're going boo, we're not going, you know, to poke the ghost, we're not going in there to wreak havoc, we're not Good. going in there to make it worse." I respect him for we're, that. Yeah. yeah, we're going in to find the story to bring up this, and I'll tell you what, there's some places. I mean, when they were doing Holzer, you know, Hans Holzer. You know, yes. you know that name. I have his book right here. Yeah, and they, they went off of that TV show. And when it was on that show for three, I think it was three seasons, yeah. <clears throat> you know, it was about going in and finding the story and putting the ghost, the spirit at ease and finding yeah. the story. And yeah. they just did another one of, I think it's called of Devil's Perch or something like that. But another show that was very informative. You know, it's very informative. Yeah. Let's let's help these people, not hurt these people. 
Right. You know? <laughs> so, right. you know, and I think you, you know, I think you're a lot like him when it comes to let's educate, let's find the real story. Let's find the deeper. Let's yeah, let's not stir the, the, stir the nets because yeah. you, you, you just reminded <laughs> me of something. It's like, eventually I'm, if I go to someone's home or place of business or whatever to help them, eventually I, I'm going home. Yeah. And if I come up, stir, stir the pot and now, you know, holy crap happens after I leave. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to do that to someone. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, you know, I don't know what you did, but things are going crazy. That rarely happens with, with us. Usually it's quiet. Yeah. I'll get a call a week later, a follow up, and they're like, I, I haven't slept this well in months. You know, nothing's happened. I'm like, good. So leave well enough alone. Well, my thought you know. process is if you've already told them, call me no matter what. And if you stir the pot, they're going to call you at three in the morning. And you're like, God, I'm going to not get any sleep. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the only time, you know, the few times that, and I don't get upset very easily, but what I will get upset is when um, there's children involved and the children are being targeted. Yeah. That's when I, I have actually, and please, anyone that's listening, don't ever do this. But I've actually said aloud saying, I'm taking you out of here with me tonight. Right. I said, I'm giving you permission to come with me and leave this family alone. Yeah. That's a very dangerous thing to do. Very but I would get so upset. I've done it a couple of times, to be honest yeah. with you, and without any ill effects. But who knows? Ten years from now. Pfft. You never know. There might be, in the, you know, the gas tank waiting. Who knows? You know, I, and I, I know people like, oh, he's, that's hypocritical. It is. It so is. I'm I'm an open book. I, I'll tell you. I will never lie. I'll tell you the God's honest truth. I have done it. And yeah. I'm telling people, don't do that. Right, because you know, I hear about it. I'm telling you, Joe. You yeah, tell me well, that you can already talk I, to somebody else who said they did. I would no, you did not. <laughs> no, I mean I haven't done it. I haven't done it in quite a while, but I think right. I did it in that case in Enfield, Connecticut, the bad one. But that was right. 2008. But I'm yeah. already crazy, so you can't tell the difference. Yeah, but then all you've got is <laughs> you've got a, you've got a very angry spirit in two locations versus one. You know. Yeah. Well, um, my buddy uh, has activity going on ever since that case because he challenged it yeah he challenged it and he wasn't prepared and it not only went after him it went after his family yep. and his marriage and stuff like that so um they're still together thank goodness because their faith has brought them through but you know i even told him one day i said you know i love you like a brother but i think you should step back from this work for a little while you know um this is some years ago and he got a little upset with me i said I, I, you know, if I didn't love you, I wouldn't tell you to do that. But, right. you know, this stuff, we, we can become targets. I'm not impervious to this. I'm just a man. Exactly. You know, so I have to be careful what I say, you know, right. so it's like, don't, you know, do as I say, not as I do kind of a thing. Exactly. But, you know, it was when I was young and stupid. Now I'm old and stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that note, Joe, thank you thank so you. much for coming. On. We're going to leave the people with something. I was no, yeah. stupid. Let's talk soon, though. Uh, give me a call will. when you're not so busy. Well, you know I'm driving again tomorrow night, so there you go. It'll be oh, an yeah? earlier call, though. So Okay. I Tonight's Halloween. Around. We're trick-or-treating, so nobody's hearing from me. Yeah, either. I'm going out like this. There you go. I'm doing I opened the front door. Kids give me candy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Joe. Thank you, dear. Thank you so much, everybody. You, you have God a great bless. day. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Everybody else, I'll be back in a few moments here with Jet Renee on School Through Spirit, WLTKDB.com. Hope I got a commercial out.
Brandon Wainwright, author of Tyson's Gift, how an eight-pound canine became a man's greatest spiritual guide and owner of Tyson's Gift Healing Arts, offers Reiki as well as color and sound modalities to anyone seeking physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual healing. While color and sound healing, a technique that brings balance and health to one's chakras and body, must be provided in person. Reiki, a Japanese form of energy healing, can be given in person or equally effectively from a distance. For more information or to make an appointment for a session, please visit Tyson'sGiftHealing.com. That's Tyson'sGiftHealing.com. everybody thank you so much for coming and listening that was joe frankie i had with me today the cil cio not ceo of more legacy foundation and trust me if you're out there and you've got a serious happening going on within your home your residence um that you just can't get help with please reach out to the Warren legacy foundation they are there to help they are free 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 i cannot say free enough um, they are free service to help people that really do have that paranormal investigate um, paranormal activity that they just can't handle on their own. So, or haven't been able to get help anyplace else. So there you go. Today is five cards, Doug, guys. And guess what? I went. I was naughty. I was naughty. I went and bought a new deck. I don't even know why, but I seen it. It called to me. It's a Halloween Oracle deck. I probably only used it this time of year. That's it. But. You know, honestly, I the reason I, I grabbed this deck is I walked into my local metaphysical store. I seen the deck as a daily pull. I went and pulled a card. It said infinite possibilities. And I went, you know, any deck that says that to you has got to be your deck. And I literally went, I don't need a deck. And they went, yes, you do. So I said, okay. And I bought the deck. So we are going to use it today. It is beautiful illustrations, beautiful everything. I've only used it now like twice over the weekend. So let's see what they have for you guys. Um, again, we're, it's like a five-card stud. Pick a card one through five, one through five. Pick any one of the numbers or pick all the numbers, whatever you'd like. And uh, that's what you get to work on for the week, okay? That is what you get to work on for the week. So I've been shuffling them a little bit since we've been on a break and, and throughout the thing. So let's do this, guys. So card number one, the light after the darkness. Oh, my God. Gorgeous cards, gorgeous cards. Look at this, the light after the darkness. I like this because if you pick number one, I'm feeling that you've probably been struggling a little bit. You've been struggling going, oh my God, when is this ever gonna end? Like I've had, seriously had enough. And I'm gonna tell you, this card is saying, guess what? It's finally probably over. You're finally at that new dawn. You're finally at that new break. You're finally getting breakthroughs and you're able to push through that. You're now starting to begin the, to put those struggles behind you. Now I'm going to tell you that doesn't mean things are over. It just means this situation is over. This period, this struggle itself is over and behind you. Not to say there won't be more in front of you because it's life and that's how it works. But for right now, number one is about your, you're starting a new beginning. Card number two, the skull of flowers, creative through the ashes. Oh my gosh, another, look at these gorgeous cards. They're not even spooky. They're really, aren't even, I was expecting spooky. They're not spooky. Now coming through the ashes, I, I another, another um, kind of saying that I do love, because as you know, once something is burned, once something is just whatever, you really are, 
<clears throat> excuse me. It's telling me, excuse me so much. Um, it's telling me that you have pushed through it. You have pushed through it. This this is really kind of starting to say something here between the two cards. But this card is telling me you have, you know what, you're done with the struggles. It's burned. It's, you know what, the phoenix has burned itself. You're pushing through it. And you're realizing everything around you is not so bad because you've survived it. And this is what it's about. It's you have survived. Now, if you're that person, you've had that struggle and you've been going, oh my God, what is going on with my life? This is saying, look around you. You are still standing. You are still standing strong. It didn't kill you. And you know what? You can handle so much more. And that's what this card is saying. Give yourself a pat on the back. Look at how amazing you are, okay? And it's time for you to realize that strength. Take, take the harvest of what you've learned in. Card number three, hearth. Happiness is a hearts at, in our hearts and homes. I also like that. You know, I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think there's going to be a card in this deck I don't like. Because I do like this card. So many people, you know, as Joe was talking, like that instant gratification type of thing. And you know what? There is nothing in this world. Money can make life easier. A big home can give you more exercise cleaning it. But really, that happiness is really within you. Okay? Where is home? Home is where the heart is. It's where you lay your head. That you know what? It's not the it's not the building, it's yourself. It, you know, it's it's the body, it's yourself. And that's where the happiness begins. So if you're, you know, you're you picked card number three and you're looking for happiness going, oh my God, I would like this. I would like that. This makes things life easier. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, all good and said. But turn to yourself. Turn to yourself for the happiness to look with that. Okay. Card number four, the change card, the mummy card, the change. I always laugh at this. How is mummy really changed? This card came up over the weekend and I, I literally looked at one. How is mummy changed? How is, they don't really change. You know what? They just get browner, dustier. Um, you know, say undo the wraps and restart again, I guess. But honestly, I think the change more is about going from life into death. It's transformation. It is about, you know, um, realizing that, you know, life is just about transformation. It's about becoming something new. It's about moving on. Um, you know, and that, because that's really what a mummy is about. It's, it's, you know, mummies are a concept that they walk the earth, you know, that they are there, that, you know, that the existence of a being doesn't end. You know, back in the day, we just didn't understand it was a consciousness. But if you pick card number four, this is like you're going through a transformation, Derek. You are going through this transformation. It is beautiful. And, you know, who knows what you're going to be on the other side. But trust me, you got this. Okay. The last card, card number five, Apple, risk and reward. Oh, my God. I like this card. I like this card. Um, I love, I love, love, love this card because you know what it looks, yeah, this card looks kind of gory, doesn't it? But when I look at the apple and the risk, I'm honestly thinking about Snow White in my head. I know I'm really weird, but I'm thinking about Snow White. Okay. Because think about this woman, this innocent song loving lady running through the woods, talking to all about the animals in the trees, trust takes a bite of an apple. That was a risk from a stranger. My gosh, falls asleep. But the reward was her prince and to total true love and happiness for the rest of her life, wasn't it? And that's what it's about, guys. Life is always about taking risks. It's always about this opportunity, that opportunity. And if you pick card number five, you've got some opportunities. They do feel risky. They do feel like um, pushing out of your comfort zone. But this card is telling you, you know what? You got to take this and run with it. So say yes to the opportunities and seek, the, you know, and, and stay open for the reward that's going to come to you. 
So card number one was that dawn card. It really was that you are, you know, the struggles are really behind you. New beginnings are coming. Number two was creating through, creating through the ashes, which is really that, guys, you've been standing strong. You've made it. Oh, my God, look around. Card number three is finding happiness within yourself because this is really where you got to find it. Number four was that change card, which is all about transformation. And card number five is taking a risk. Just taking the risk taking the opportunity, know that you're not alone in this and that, you know what, it's just going to be rewarding in the end because you know what, that's how life works and that's how life rocks. Now let's pull a card, oh my God, which one, all of them are yelling at me. Which card should we pull for just that, that extra card that says, let's give you an extra card. So we are going to use the Divine Feminine Oracle deck for this. That extra card that just kind of brings it all together, accumulation. I'm going to shuffle, just going to pick, oh my God, I was going to, oh my God, they all fell out at me. But this is the one that was still standing looking at me. And it's a white, white buffalo calf woman. Oh my God. What an interesting story with us. The prophecies of the sacred way, the hardest compass, the path of love is true abundance. This card really, really hits home for me. And I'm going to talk a minute about it because the white buffalo calf woman it's Native American, and not all um, tribes follow this or even understand it or even know about it. But in my neck of the woods, um, it is really about a white buffalo. It's about, you know, um, the best that I can remember of the story is about um, the white buffalo woman came to the tribe and, you know, during a time of, um, of struggle, of famine and struggle, and she told them that she would return, but she would, when she returned, she would return as a white buffalo. And in turn, that white buffalo turned four times in the dirt. And with each turn, turned a different color. And when the white buffalo turned to the last color, you would find peace. Peace on earth. And as the legend holds, and that was a legend that went on and on and on for a long time. Well, the white buffalo was born. Her name was Miracle. And she was born in Janesville, Wisconsin, where I live. And shortly after she was born, I actually moved to the land of which she lived. And I had the experience of loving her and, and knowing her and spending time with her, which was truly an honor. I also was there when she passed away. And I will tell you what, I didn't see peace on earth. But what I did find was a peace of the beginning within myself. Because it was the beginning of my own personal transformation. It was the beginning of uh, how I seen other lives transform around me. Now, I still had some really dark-seated trauma to go through. But all of it was the beginning of who you see today. So for myself, that is the perfect card of today, the perfect card to finish up that reading, to leave with you to, for whichever card that you had, that you the number you had picked today. But also, it's a perfect card for me to understand what Halloween and the new beginnings are for myself. For me, that's amazing. It's lovely. And with that, I think I'm about out of time, guys. Okay, I think I'm about out of time. And again, um, I want to thank all of you guys for showing up, for for taking the time to listen, taking the time to um, to just supporting us, supporting the station, supporting the shows, listening to the podcasts. You know what? And and bringing us up to the status that we are today, and for always tuning in and embracing us. And I, I truly, I truly cannot say thank you enough for that. I do want to let you know who I'm going to have on next week, because next week is into November. Oh my 
Oh, you are gonna love her. Oh my God, you're gonna love her. her name is Tawny, Tawny Lewis. You are gonna love her. She is based out of California. She is a master teacher with me. She's a phenomenal medium. She's a phenomenal woman. And she's also huge into paranormal. Oh my God, this woman is a rock star. A rock star. And please, so take a moment next week to tune in with me here on Diet Renee with School Through Spirit on WLTKDB.com. I'll see you in a week, guys. Bye-bye. The truth is here and now on WLTKDB Talk Radio at WLTKDB.com.